Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Exploring Middle Earth podcast with your hosts, Jay and Grant. Talking is Jay, and <laughs> yes. not talking. Uh, now Ooh. talking is Grant. Huh? Huh? No, I'm Grant. <laughs> okay. I was just trying to trick everyone. Yes. Uh, yeah, so uh, today's episode, we're going to be covering another uh, realm or kingdom of Middle Earth. Um, and this time, we are covering the elven realm of Osirian, or better known as Linden. Linden. Uh, Linden, these... Linden, this library is Linden these books to me. Mm. Yeah, that's it. There yeah, we go. that's it. That's it. Yes. Uh, yeah, so uh, we're going to kind of do the same thing we did with uh, uh, Casa Doom and Moria uh, last episode, and we're going to go through uh, First Age, Second Age, Third Age, Fourth Age, that kind of thing. Um, and as always, I am going to be starting off. Um, I was replying to text. Yeah, man, man, yeah. So, making uh, moves, man. Making moves, man. Uh, <laughs> uh, f- I, uh, frankly, I am making moves. <laughs> uh, let me be clear. Uh, okay. So, uh, I'll be starting off with the, the first stage, uh, and I'll, I'll be talking about Assyrian. Not, not too much on it because there's. That's good, lot, so. <coughs> it, it, so it's you know, okay. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. I've got a passage. I've He's actually got a, got a passage for each one of my sections. So okay. here you go. Okay. This is all about Assyrian. Uh, Gellion was a great river, and he rose in two sources and had at first two branches: Little Gellion that came from the hill of Himring, and Greater Gellion that came from Mount Rerir. From the meeting of his arms he flowed south for forty leagues before he found his tributaries, and before he found the sea he was twice as long as Syrian, though less wide and full, for more rain fell in Hithlum and Dorthonian, whence Syrian drew his waters, than in the east. From Arid Luin flowed the six tributaries of Gelion, Askar, that was after named Rathloriel, Thalos, Legolin, Brilthor, Duelwen, and Adarant, swift and turbulent streams falling steeply from the mountains. And between Askar in the north and Adarant in the south, and between Gelion and Arid Luin, lay the far green country of Osiriand, the land of seven rivers. Now, at a point nearly midway in its course, the stream of Adarant divided and then joined again, and the island that its waters enclosed was named Tol Galen, the Green Isle. There, Baron and Luthien dwelt after their return. In Osirian dwelt the Green Elves, in the protection of their rivers, for after Syrian Elmo... Elmo? Elmo? <laughs> Dang, I really messed that one up. I was Olmo. doing so good. Olmo loves Gellion above all waters of the Western world. The woodcraft of the elves of Osirian was such that a stranger might pass through their land from end to end and see none of them. They were clad in green in spring and summer, and the sound of their singing could be heard even across the waters of Gellion. Wherefore the Noldor named the country Linden, the land of music, and the mountains beyond they named Arid Linden, for they first saw them from Osirian. Yeah. Um, yeah. Dang so right. That, so that, I mean, that pretty much describes all of Osirian, mm-hmm. except for a few events that happen. That's good. So, uh, like that passage said, Osirian uh, meant the land of seven rivers, and the seven rivers are the River Galleon, River Askar, or later named Rathoriel, uh, River Thalos, Legolin, Brilthor, Duilwen, uh, Adarant, which included Tolgallon, the Green Isle. And it was populated by the Green Elves, who are also called the Nandor, or the Laquendi. Um, the Laquendi were a clan of the Nandor, so the Laquendi are technically the Green Elves. Nandor, mm-hmm. I think, are just um, like the wandering Sylvan Elves. 
um, and they came over the Blue Mountains a short while after the Sindar had already uh, settled in Beleriand. The Nandor were led by uh, their kind of lord or king, Denethor, the son of Lenwe, who forsook the march west with the rest of the Eldar. Um, king Thingol, who um, ruled over the Sindar and pretty much all of Beleriand at that time, uh, allowed those green elves to settle there, and afterwards it became solely their own land ruled by uh, Denethor. Um, and the green elves, like it was also said in the passage, were called so because they clad themselves in kind of green garments, or their raiment was green is what it says, um, and it, it allowed them to hide themselves in the thickly wooded regions of Osirian, and they also became very good um, wood wood people wood <laughs> i don't know what you'd call that craftsmen yeah sure as well no like as in like they were stealthy or oh like, good at tracking things in the woods oh stuff i like, that, like yeah. wood like not working with wood but yeah. being i don't know wood. maybe they were good at working with wood you'll never know maybe maybe we will know i don't, I don't know, know. <laughs> okay uh <laughs> Yeah, and, and then they were also talented singers, and afterwards, when the Noldor settled in the lands west of Osirian, um, they named their land Linden, which, of course, is land of music or land of the singers. Yeah. Um, during the first battle of Beleriand, uh, <coughs> which I don't really have any information on that, I just kind of wrote it down, but I think that's when, um, I think there's just a bunch of orcs and stuff that attack. I don't think the Noldor were back at this point. Mm-mm. Um no way Jose. No way Jose. But during the first battle Beleriand, uh King Thingle called on Denethor and the Green Elves for aid against an army of orcs and they responded and defended Beleriand though their light armor and weapons were no match for the brutal orcs. So it was probably assumed that they didn't really have armor and they probably just had like bows and daggers and stuff. Not really much to go off of. Bow. Bow and dagger. Yeah. Um, and though the elves had the ultimate victory, mainly the Sindar, um, many of the Nandor, including Denethor, died in battle, and those that survived either fled to Doriath with King Thingol, or they remained in Osirian and they took no other king. After this battle, they no longer partook in any sort of battle or war. So, I'm sick of it. I'm done. We're out of here. Not really, though. No. Uh, Finrod Felagund, a king of the Noldor, we classic. Know, we know him well. Often went into Osirian and befriended the Green Elves, and went at times of peace to hunt there and dwell among them. During one of these hunting trips, Finrod discovered a tribe of men that had crossed the Blue Mountains and found themselves in Beleriand. These people were the House of Beor and eventually moved out of Osirian. So that's where the first men were seen. Were in Osirian. Yeah, we have more. We go more into depth on that part of the story. Yeah. In a previous one of the elves episodes we did previously, so I check those out. I think it might have been the one on Finrod. Yeah. So if you want to learn more about him finding those people, yeah, go back and listen to it. I don't know if there's an episode specifically on Finrod, but I know there's. But we like, talk about him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then uh, a little later in the first age, um, there is the events of Baron and Luthien's quest where they steal the Silmaril. Classic. And then they also both die. Uh, Baron Ooh. from the werewolf and Luthien pretty much from grief. Um, yeah. And But after they are returned from the dead, they went into Osirian um, to live in peace. And they lived on the Isle of Tolgallon in the midst of the river Adirant. Um, and the green elves followed Baron and Luthien and the light of the Silmaril. That's probably why they followed them. Because mm-hmm. they were returned from the dead. And they had a Silmaril. I would. Yeah, me too. 
Um, and then not too much lo- longer later, not yeah, not too much later. <laughs> uh, um, Doriath is sacked, um, and that is because of the um, I think that's the second kinslaying of elves, and then also the dwarves um, attack uh, Doriath as well because they thought they were treated poorly and unfairly, and they weren't getting what they deserved or something like that for helping King Fingal. And they stole the Silmaril from him. Yeah. And um, and as the dwarves were returning to their halls after Doriath, um, they were waylaid by an army of green elves led by Baron. And these dwarves were all killed or driven into the river Askar by, um, by the Ents, where they lost their gold treasure from Menegroth in the water. After that, the Askar was known as Rathloriel, the Gold Waters. So that's also another interesting thing, too, is because I know Treebeard mentions it in the Two Towers, is he's been to Osirian before um, and most of Beleriand in the First Age. But there was it seems like there was a steady population of Ents that lived in Osirian, um, mm-hmm. probably in the wooded areas n- near the mountains. So it's just kind of interesting. It's like the Ents aren't only just in, you know, like Fangorn Forest, um, even though that is like later in the Third Age in it's known that they have dwindled in population, but you know, in the first age they were actually pretty widespread and they were even known to live in like just all of Eriador and Osirian and probably even uh, Dorthonian because Treebeard mentions he went there a few times, same as the, the Willow Meads of Tessaranen, stuff like that. So it's mm-hmm. like um, the Ents are pretty much everywhere, basically. Yeah. Uh, and I like ants. I'm glad they're I like ants, yeah. Do you like ants? I'm going to put that as a question. Answer oh, my dog is here. Answer the question on the podcast. Do I like ants? No, not you, oh. Grant. Eh. The listeners, you can. I can pose a question, and then they can answer it. Yeah, so uh, all the dwarves treasure went into the water, and that's why it was called Rathloriel after that, because it was gold water. It kind of mm-hmm. shone in the sunlight. And then the Silmaril that was stolen from... Uh, um, Thingol by the dwarves was taken by Baron and he gave it to Luthien to be worn on her neck um, and that's the Silmaril that the elves follow yeah um, classic yeah. and then even later after the war of wrath and the end of the first age uh, much of Balaran sunk beneath the waves um, kind of in the onslaught of the battle however most of us here and remained and the sea kind of clove a path to the mountains, um, the Blue Mountains, creating the Gulf of Loon. Um, so now Osirian remained, but some of it, some of its more westernmost uh, parts were sunken, and then there is now a big like gulf or like a firth um, that kind of separated north from south. So it's still there, but mm-hmm. it's just kind of it's destroyed a little bit, but not fully uh, sunk it's beneath. Not the waves. what it used to be. Is it never is? No, really isn't. So that is the end of <laughs> I'm burping, man. That's okay. So that's the end of the first age and the end of Osirian, the land of seven rivers. Because after that, there's no longer seven rivers because the Gelian was the kind of western border of Osirian and that mm-hmm. was lost. Um, and I'm assuming some of the rivers survived because not all of the land sunk. So, um, yeah. <coughs> so now we're moving on to the second age, which um, includes the realm of Gilgalad. So now I will start off with just a little bit of that part from uh, Treebeard. Um, Are you going to read it like Treebeard talks? 
You don't have to. That's going to take a long time. No, I I will. <laughs> let me let me just find it. I memorized the page. The page number or the words on the page? Page number. Oh, yeah, the whole That's still cool though. Whole page. That's still cool. Thank you. Okay, here we go. Um, okay. In the willow meads of Tassaranan, I walked in the spring. Ah, the sight and the smell of the spring in Nantasarian. And I said that was good. I wandered in summer in the elmwoods of Osirian. Ah, the light and the music in the summer by the seven rivers of Osir. And I thought that was best. To the beaches of Neldareth, I came, I came in the autumn. <laughs> I'm getting a little distracted over here. Uh, Ah, the gold and the red and the sign of leaves in the autumn in Tarnel-Neldor. It was more than my desire. To the pine trees upon the highland of Thorthonian I climbed in the winter. Ah, the wind and the whiteness and the black branches of winter upon Orad-Nothon. My voice went up and sang in the sky. And now all those lands lie under the wave. And I walk in Ambarona, in Taramona, in Adalome, in my own land in the country of Fangorn, where the roots are long and the years lie thicker than the leaves. In Taramona Lome. Um, wait, say that last word again. Taram- wait, oh. I gotta look at it. <laughs> Taramona Lome. Nice. Thank I you. like it when you say that. <laughs> <laughs> what does it mean? Uh, the first part of that word, uh, tower, means forest, um, mourn, um, I'm trying to think what mourn means, uh, it might mean dark, so dark forest, I, it, I think, um, it's Fangorn, mm-hmm. I can't remember what it means, it's like dark old forest or something like that. Um, but yeah, so that's that's the little thing he sang. Um, so he walked in the willow meads of uh, Tassaranan. So that's where some of the ends lived. Um, the elm woods of Osirian, some ends lived there. Mm-hmm. The beaches of Neldareth, which is in Doriath. Um, the pine trees upon the highland of Dorthonian. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of a lot of ends live in those places, I guess. Yes. And then he also mentions Osirian a little bit, so Elmwoods. Eh. What are you going to do? Uh, what are you going to do? And then now... More. And then now I'm going to get to the second age in the part uh, of the podcast where we talk about Linden yes. instead. Uh, so, the second age, this is Appendix B of The Return of the King. Um these were the dark years for men of Middle-earth, but the years of the glory of Numenor. Of events in Middle-earth, the records are few and brief, and their dates are often uncertain. In the beginning of this age, many of the High Elves still remained. Most of these dwelt in Linden, west of the Arid Luin. But before the building of the Baradur, many of the Sindar passed eastward, and some established realms and forests far away, where their people were mostly Sylvan Elves. Thranduil, king in the north of Greenwood the Great, was one of these. In Linden, north of the Loon, dwelt Gilgalad, last heir of the kings of the Noldor in exile. He was acknowledged as High King of the Elves of the West. In Linden, south of the Loon, dwelt for a time Celeborn, kinsman of Thingol. His wife was Galadriel, greatest of elven women. She was sister of Finrod Felagund, friend of men, once king of Nargothrond, who gave his life to save Baron, son of Barahir. Good so, job, Grant. Thank you, dog. <laughs> um... <clears throat> So, 
Uh, yeah, so it mentions Celeborn, uh, or Gilgalad is the high king of the elves now, the yes. Noldor. Um, Gilgalad. Yeah. It However just, you want to just say the, it. Uh, just the elves in the west in general. And um, so he lived in Linden, which was formerly Osirian, and he, his, he kind of established his capital at the very easternmost point of the Gulf of Loon, um, and he built the Grey Havens there. And... Um, which is where Kirdan resides, and Jay will talk about Kyrdan, him later. Kirdan, yeah. Uh, and so um, Gilgalad ruled all of Linden, and then Celeborn, for a little while, um, lived in southern Linden, which was the, I think you can see it on the maps, it's called Harland, or no, it's called Harlinden, yeah, which is southern Harlinden. Linden. Um, and then there is a port on the southern side of the Gulf of Loon called Harlinden, or Harland, geez, which means southern port. Yes. Um, and then same thing in the north. The northern part is called Forlinden, Northern Linden. And there's also a port city um, on the north side of the bay called Forland. So it's a kind of mirror image a little bit. And then we know that the Grey Havens is in the east and it is called Meathland. So if we know land means port city or something of that nature. And we know the Meath from Meathrandir means grey. We know that it means Grey Havens. So, there you go. Um, yeah, so after the first stage had ended and Beleriand sunk, what remained of Osirian became known as Linden, um, which it was known before as Linden as well. Uh, many e elves who were able to flee the sinking of Beleriand found themselves in Linden with the green elves. That was kind of the first natural place to go. Um, yeah. And then the first year of the second age, uh, the elves, along with Gilgalad, built the Grey Havens. Um, and... Let's see. In the year 600 of the Second Age, the first ship out of Numenor arrived at the Great Havens where they were welcomed by Gilgalad. So all of the men that helped the elves in their battles against uh, Morgoth uh, were granted the lands of Numenor, which was an island uh, way out in the west. And um, so, yeah, the year 600, they finally returned back to Middle-earth just to, you know, just to pay a visit. Yeah. And then Gilgalad meets them. Uh, and he, of course, remembers the ancestors of these Numenorians, and especially Elrond, too, because Elrond's twin brother was Elros, the first king of Numenor. Um, yeah, and Elrond also lives in Linden, too. Classic so we got, Elrond. You know, we got Celeborn, Galadriel, Elrond, Gilgalad, Círdan. Yeah, they were stacked. Stacked. Linden was stacked in the Second Age. They need to be nerfed. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> Linden needs to be nerfed. Yeah, so... And then during the period where Sauron was disguised as Anatar and he was advising the elves of Eregion on their smithcraft, uh, messengers from Anatar were also sent to Linden. Um, Gilgalad and Elrond, uh, at this time Celeborn and Galadriel had left, um, Gilgalad and Elrond both perceived that he was not who he seemed and was not wholly fair, and they were later proven correct. <laughs> what did dog do? What did dog do? Good girl. Okay. <laughs> Um, yeah, so they're both proven correct that uh, um, Anatar was not who he seemed. Um, and so Linden was kind of like, um, for Sauron, that was kind of like his focus because he knew he could not get Linden. He was already kind of had um, a Region under his sway, so he was trying to get Linden mostly um, because they proved the more challenging. Um, and then... Also, during like right after that, during the War of Sauron and the Elves of Eregion, when Celebrimbor finally figured out who Anatar was, 
and what he was doing uh, with the rings. Um, Gilgalad sent aid to his kin in Eregion, and so a large force of elves of Linden, led by Elrond, who was a uh, general, a battle master. What, yeah. a, what do you call him? Captain? I don't know. Yeah. Colonel. Colonel. <laughs> Sergeant. Lieutenant. Whatever. Um, <coughs> he, yeah, so he led that army to um, Eregion, um, but unfortunately Eregion and Celebrimbor fell, and Elrond with his army and the um, the survivors of Eregion fled northwards, um, and they found the Vale of Imladris and established a kind of stronghold there, which became you know known as Rivendell, and that's where Elrond would live. Rivendell. Um, and while Sauron held most of Eriador under his sway after this war, Gilgalad combined his forces with that of Tar Minister's army and navy of Numenor, and they wiped out Sauron's forces from Eriador. And this was all about the year like 1700 of the Second Age. Yes. Um, yes. Yes, sir. Okay. Um, and then in the last years of the Second Age, so like another 1700 years later, um, when the exiles of Numenor had established Arnor, adjacent to Linden, Gilgalad allied himself with Elendil, the High King, and together they marched down to Mordor to confront Sauron in a final battle. You know. And we all know how that goes. Yes, we do. If Hopefully. you've listened to the podcast or read yeah. the books or whatever, I don't know. Of course, of course, of course, of course. Um, and there... I don't know how to say it like that. <laughs> there... <laughs> um, what? <laughs> That's what I was kind of <laughs> going for. Um... Lendil dies. Uh, so there went the first and only king of Linden, and its power and splendor afterwards waned. So Gilgalad dies. You know, Elendil dies. Isildur takes the ring, that yes. sort of thing. Why did he do that? Um, and that also marks the very end of the Second Age and the rapid uh, rewards kind of falling of Linden. The fall of Gilgalad kind of marks an end for Linden. Not really. Yes. So there's still a little bit more about it, but uh, yeah, that's pretty much done for. It's pretty much yeah. done, though. So, uh, was done-zo. yeah. So uh, r- I mean, we we did the first age, second age. Uh, we're gonna take a little social media ad break thing. Yes. Um, if anyone runs a million dollar company and wants to run ads here, one of yeah. our listeners, yeah, tell us. <laughs> yeah, just let us know. Yeah, email us at exploring middle earth pod. At gmail.com. Yeah, because then we'll actually have ads to run here. Um, And send money with the email so we know it's legit. Yeah. <laughs> and then <laughs> and then we we won't confirm until we've given you our social security numbers and yes. our address and everything. So. Yes. And our passwords to our... Um, Bank accounts. To our Webkins accounts. I don't know. So um, I can't promise that because I don't remember mine. Our club... Penguin accounts. For real, though, for real, I've for been real. trying to get into my Webkins account for the past few years, and I cannot. Um, I think it deactivated. Yeah, I think mine did, too. I gave up, like, I remember I tried in high school because I, I was bored at school one day. Yeah. Um, and I was you know the, how it goes. Yeah. I was on a computer, and I was just trying to figure it out, and I, yeah, I think it deactivates after a while if you haven't used it. I had some good Webkins. Yeah, I had a man. panda bear named Tank. That's awesome. Cool. And yeah. then I had, like, a fish. I, kind of I had a lot of weapons, actually, yeah. Uh, anyways, so... I had a super rare hedge that I won in the Wheel of Wow. Oh, Remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I won it, and I it was super rare, and I put it out, and I showed everybody, and then my account is probably deactivated. I'll Dang. never get that hedge back. 
You got to make your own rooms and everything for your webkins. Yeah. You got to play all those games. Maybe we should do webkins podcast. Yeah. Webkin lore. Webkins lore. Because <laughs> there was that teacher and the doctor. Oh, and the yeah, and this, there's that um, like where did detective. They come from? The yeah, detective. Where did they yeah. come from? Yeah. Those all those games. Where did they come from? <laughs> we'll tell you on exploring webkins world. <laughs> That's remember awesome. the wheel of wow. That? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, in the well game, the wishing well. Yeah. Game. Yeah. Dang. Good stuff. Anyways, <laughs> uh, so here's our ad break. Yeah. Hey everyone, have you been wondering where you can see the behind the scenes of this podcast, or correct us when we inevitably get something wrong in the podcast? Well, I'm here to let you know. You can find us on Instagram at exploringmiddle__earth or on Twitter at expmiddleearth. If you don't want to look those up, links to both of those will be in the show notes. Welcome back, everyone, to Exploring Middle Earth. If you were hoping this was Exploring Webkin's World, um, sorry about that, this is Exploring Middle Earth. Uh, we will get Exploring Webkin's World up ASAP. But we're going to hop into the Third Age of Linden. Well, Third Age of Middle-Earth pertaining to Linden. Um, so, like Grant said, at the end of the Second Age, Gilgalad is dead. So uh-huh. that leaves them kingless, but not for long. Because after the War of the Last Alliance, most of the Noldor and many of the Sindar departed for Valinor. Um, which... Uh, f- we've t- probably talked about Valinor. We've talked about Valinor in previous episodes, but it's pretty much like they go there when they're like, I'm done with Middle-earth. I'm out of here. But, um, so they go to Valinor, um, and Linden started to lose its population. But it did have a new king, a Talarian elf named Kiridan the Shipwright. And uh, he was called the Shipwright because he liked ships and built ships and liked doing stuff with ships, you know? <laughs> He would build the ships that would send the elves to Linden, or uh, to from Linden to Valinor. Um, but he would also just build ships for like battles and stuff. Yeah, he just made ships. He made ships, dude. Ships ahoy! Um, <laughs> so I'm gonna read. That was awesome, by the thanks. way. Thanks. I'm gonna read a quick thing from uh, of the Rings of Power in the Third Age from the Silmarillion. So it says. In Eriador Imladris was the chief dwelling of the High Elves, but at the Grey Havens of Linden there abode also remnant of people of Gilgalad, the Elven King. At times they would wander into the lands of Eriador, but for the most part they dwelt near the shores of the sea, building and tending to the Elven ships, wherein those of the firstborn who grew weary of the world set sail to the uttermost west. Kiridan the shipwright was lord of the havens and mighty among the wise. So, Linden... Becomes just a place where, like, hey, uh, this is pretty much a shipping place where we ship people, elves, but, like, in a good way. So they ship the elves to <laughs> Linden, but that's when they want to go. Um, so during the days of the kings, which is the kings of the um, Numenor. Yeah. Or, well, Numenor is not a thing. Arnor, anymore. yeah. Yeah, Arnor, but, yeah, those dude, the dude kings. Um, during the days of the kings, uh, most of the high elves still lingered in Middle-earth, Um most of the high elves that were in Middle Earth were in Linden. Um, beyond the Loon, uh, which um, Grant was talking about, the layout of everything. Um, beyond the Loon is like the right to the east, past the mountains, the Blue Mountains, the Arid Loon. 
um, uh, Beyond the Loon was elvish country, uh, green and quiet. Uh, there was no men, or where no men went, but uh, there was dwarves there who dwelt on the east side of the Blue Mountains, um, sp- especially south of the Gulf of Loon, um, where they had mines. And then, interestingly enough, Thorns Halls um, in the realm of Durin's folk in exile was located in Linden, west of the Loon. So it's all just taking place around there. Just everything's, it's a happening place, you could say. Hip and happening. Yeah, so I'm just going to quick read something from Appendix A of Lord of the Rings. This is um, Appendix A, the realms in exile. Wait, is this? Yeah. The realms in exile, Eriador, Arnor, and the heirs of Isildur. Um, so it says... At its greatest, Arnor included all of Eridor, except the regions beyond the Loon and the lands east of the Greyfold and Loudwater, in which Rivendell and Holland, in which lay Rivendell and Holland. Beyond the Loon was Elvis country, green and quiet, where no men went, but dwells, dwell, <laughs> dwarves dwelt and still dwelt in the east side of the Blue Mountains, especially in those parts south of the Gulf of Loon, where they had mines and are still in use. For this reason, they were accustomed to pass east along the gray road as they had done for for long years before we came to the shire at the gray havens dwelt Kyrdan the shipwright and some say he dwells there still until the last ship set sail west in the days of the kings the most high elves that still lingered in middle earth in middle earth dwelt with Kyrdan, um or in the steward of steward lands of linden if any now remain they are few so that was just like a sneak peek of like the fourth right. age, but yeah. So, a lot of people or a lot of elves are just vibing in Linden. Yeah, straight up. So Linden wasn't also wasn't a place where people just only just hung out. They also were involved in some wars, and supporting wars. So during the third age, Linden supported Arnor in the Angmar War, um, with Curidan's help. Arvegeles, Arve Egele. Arvigele. Arvileg. Arvileg, yeah. Sorry, dude. I was trying to figure out what you were saying. I can just remember that by Armin Leg. Arvileg. Oh, right. With Kyrdan's help, Arvileg, young son, Aphidor, Era 4. Is that right? Era 4? With Kyrdan's help, Arvileg's young son, yeah, Era 4, Ar- yeah. drove Angmar's armies from Fornos to the North Downs, combining forces with Rivendell in the Gladrahim who joined from beyond the Misty Mountains, they subdued Angmar for some time. Um, so they're just helping out with the wars. And Linden also assisted King Aravel in the coalition with Rivendell in another battle against Angmar, which took place in Second Age, 1851. Um, or Third Age, sorry. It takes place in Third Age, 1851. And then in the Third Age, 1975, you know. Good year, 1975. Elves from <laughs> Linden brought a ship um, to rescue... Arvidui, Arvidui. Uh, I think we said. Li- I think I said last time it, <coughs> it was Arvidua. Arvidua. Yeah. Rescue Arvidua, the last king. Uh, the crew endured perilous journey, but Arvidua rashly attempted to return that winter, um, and all aboard perished. That's sad. The next year, the forces of Linden joined the hosts of the West, and Curidan led them to the victory in the Battle of Fornos. So I'm just gonna quick read a little something, something about what I just talked about. So this is also from Appendix A, from the same section I just read from previously. It is said that Angmar 
was for the time subdued by the elven folk coming from Linden and from Rivendell, for Elrond brought help over the mountains out of Lorien. It was at this time that the stores had dwelt in the angle between the Harwell and Loudwater fled. Okay, I'm not going to read the rest of that because that's just about uh, hobbits. We're not talking about hobbits. This no, time. we're not. No. So what was important right. from that is that Linden and Rivendell helped subdue um, Ingmar. And then it said, then later on, a few paragraphs later, it says, When Círdan heard from Arnars, the son of Arvindui, did I say that right? Arvindua. Arvindua. When yeah, Círdan yeah, heard yeah. from Arvindua yeah. of king of the king's flight to the north, he had once sent a ship um, to seek him. The ship came, the ship came there at last, after many days, because of contrary winds, and the mariners saw from afar a little fire of driftwood, which the lost men contrived to keep alight. But the winter was so, or the winter was long in losing its grip that year. And though it was March, the ice was only beginning to break and lay and lay far out from the shore. So that's when Curidan goes and saves a guy. And then the guy's like, you know what? I want to go back and die. <laughs> that's what he did. Yeah. So those are some of the big events that happened in the Third Age. So we're going to move on to the Fourth Age now. So in the Fourth Age, Linden was one of the last uh, elven havens as the elves of Rivendell and Lothlorien glad- gradually left Middle-earth. So if you remember at the end of... The Lord of the Rings, um, some of the the hobbits in Gandalf and eventually um, uh, Legolas and Gimli yeah. leave for, uh, they go to Valinor and they're leaving from Linden and uh, um, so, so the people are starting to leave, or elves and I guess some hobbits and a dwarf are starting to leave to Lin- or Valinor from Linden. Um, but Curidan stayed um, into the fourth age. As he said, the last ship set sail and uh, the remaining Eldar passed into the uttermost west. Although all the elves of Linden eventually passed into the west, dwarves continued to dwell in their halls in the east side of the Blue Mountains. Yeah, so um, Curidan, he stayed back and it is. It's not confirmed if he was the last one to leave, but most likely he was the last elf to leave Middle Earth and go to Valinor, because you know he was making the ships for everybody, and people couldn't leave if Círdan wasn't there to help make the ships. Um, but also he was. He, Círdan is one of the greatest elves of all Middle Earth. We should probably do a whole episode just on just on the guy, because um, we've mentioned him a few times before in the podcast in previous episodes, but. Um, yeah, Kyrdan was super influential and um, the last elf to leave. So that's all I have on th- third and fourth age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what? There's no fifth age that we know of. Yeah. Tolkien never was like, hey, guys, there's a fifth age, and this is what happens. Hey, guys, there's a sixth age, and then this is what happens. Seventh age. Hey, this guys, there's an 18th age. Maybe you and I will write it. Yeah, maybe. Or maybe not. Best not to tamper with what Tolkien had. Yeah, we all saw what happened with the Rings of Power. Oh, you just Whoa. went there. Oh, jeez. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I just went there. my mic. Speaking of Rings of Power, you see Linden in the Rings of Power. Speaking of dookie. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Um, I hope we see Kieran. Actually, I really liked Linden in uh, yes, the Rings I liked of Power. Linden. It looked good. I, liked it. I didn't really like Gilgalad. I think, um, I think Kieran is confirmed for season two. That's good. Yeah. So because also, be cool. you, you talked about how the Ents were, like, everywhere. They're just vibing yeah. everywhere. We didn't see any Ents. I we, wish we did. We did see a few. 
Oh, I thought it was when, only in the trailer. No, when they were... Well, it was part of the trailer, but when oh. they were watching the uh, comet fall to the ground... Oh, yeah. Um, it showed them briefly. I hope that's it. not it. Or not all of it. Yeah, I wish there... Yeah, there's more. I hope, hopefully. I hope they do a whole season of just Ents. It's just an Ents saying one line, and it's just... Because they take a long time to talk. That'd be really cool. It better be a funny line, though, if I'm going to spend a whole season watching it say one line. Yeah. Better be funny. Well, give me the what best say? end joke. Actually, there you would be able to see uh, Treebeard in the Second Age. So maybe there's a um, a possibility that Treebeard could be in one of the seasons of The Rings of Power. That'd be cool. That would be cool. Hey, Amazon, if you're listening, I'd like to play Treebeard's voice or the motion capture somehow <laughs> for Treebeard. Um. Well, okay. Jay will do the motion capture, and I'll do the voice. Yes. Yeah. That's perfect. Okay. But what you can do is stand on my shoulders. Yeah, so, so it looks like we're taller. Yeah, yeah, and then I'll be like, whoa, I'm the limb. But I won't say that. You'll say it. <laughs> Wait, I'll say You'll I'm s- the limbs? No, I'll I'll, be, I'll think in my head, whoa, I'm the limbs oh, and, and the I'll, stump. Gotcha. And you're like, I'm the eyes and the mouth and the heart and soul. And I'll start breakdancing. Breakdancing. Yeah, that's cool. I like yeah. it. I think that's a good idea. Yeah, so... It, well, again, if anyone owns a multi-million-dollar company, and would be able to connect us to Amazon, uh, get us in on that. Um, yes, because I think we have we have the potential to make the Rings of Power just a little bit better by adding that. So. I think we have the potential to make the Rings of Power. Actually, that's true. We have the potential to make it, make it or break it. Yeah. And if we get to play Treebeard, we'll make it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll steal the show. Who else would you play? Who else would I play? Um, well, earlier in the in the earlier podcast, before the Rings of Power was out, we just knew that Amazon had the rights. So I mentioned something about us playing Baron and Luthien. Oh, yeah. And that was with Zach was with us, and he yeah. would he would be uh, Huan. Huan, yeah. yeah. So that'd be cool. What What was I? You were uh, Luthien. I was oh, Baron. Yeah. Sweet. Yes. But we could also switch too. We have we haven't signed anything yet, so okay, we could switch. Yeah. No. yeah. Well, and then we'll have to we'll see if Zach still wants to play Huan. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> okay, so I have a, a little bit of trivia. Okay. Do you have any trivia yet? I'll come you? up with some okay. right now. Okay, so I've got trivia and I've got food for thought. Oh. Um, that's just a little something spicy I added Yummy. at the end. I love spicy food, so this food for thought should be good. Okay, I've got two trivia questions. Um, first. Uh, who are the Nandor or the Lyquendi of Osirian? Who I mean, they're they're elves, right? But like, yeah. what do you mean? Who are they? But like, what kind of elves? They're like, what are they called? Sylvan elves, Noldoran elves, more or less, yeah. Teleri. Yeah. Am I right? You just keep saying yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm looking for something specific. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, repeat the question, please. Who are the Lyquendi? The Lyquendi. Yeah. Like, what is a translation of their name? Oh, there's, is it like singing or something? Or that, is that, that would be Lindar. Oh. Um, is it dancing? No. Oh, <laughs> dancing <shoot>. queens. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. It's a color. Oh, gray. No. Oh, shoot. That would be the Sindar. That's the only color I know. Silver. Green. Green. Yeah, it's ah, green. Dang. Yeah. I only knew two colors, I man. was thinking maybe because they lived in Osirian and they, I mentioned that they wore green clothes. So I'm just dumb. Um, 
Okay, no, that's, that's fine. I said a dumb brain. Um, do you have any trivia? Or do you want me to say the second one? You do the second one. Okay. Um, there are two Denethors. We know of the steward of Gondor named Denethor, but who was the first Denethor? And a hint, he was an elf. Oh shoot! I've when I was going through the notes for I keep kept reading over Denethor. Um, he was. And it has something to do with the Green Elves. Was he the king of the Green Elves? Yeah. Yes. There you go. Nice. Okay, let me just quick look here. Here's one. Okay. Um, as I said, and as you probably know, uh, Durin's folk lived in. Uh, the east or to the east of Lorien. Yes. Um, and they had a um, they had a larger population of them at a specific area south of this specific landmark. Where were they congregated south of? In in the east, you said. Yeah. So they're in the east on the east side of the Blue Mountains, but yeah. there's a specific landmark that they're south of. Uh, more more of them are south of. Uh, it's a mountain, right? Well, the the thing they're south of isn't the mountain. It's in. The, it cuts through the mountains. There's the mountains that cut. Oh, down. the Gulf of yes. Loon. Gulf of Loon. Uh, Good job, Grant. And do you? Oh, here's an extra one. Okay. Who invented golf? Um, in <laughs> Middle Earth. Uh, I believe it's Bando Breast Took the yes. bull roarer. And what did he do? Walloped off a goblin's head yeah. into a rabbit hole. Nice. Yeah, during the Battle of Greenfields. That's exactly what we're on, a rabbit hole right now. <laughs> wow. Hopefully okay. we find the head. Yeah. That'd be fun. That'd be okay. good time. Good yeah, time. That's crazy. Uh, okay, so food for thought. I don't know. I just kind of came up with this. Uh, I saw okay. this on, um, I think it was on a Facebook page. Someone posed this question. And I don't really, I didn't really research any of it because I just saw the question. I thought it was interesting, but I really haven't read up on it. Like I haven't read because I think you might be able to find the answer in the Silmarillion or maybe Unfinished Tales or something, yeah. or History of the Middle Earth. But, um, so, I it's kind of like a two or three parter. Do you think that the men of Middle Earth were destined to awake with the sun and moon? Meaning, without the sun and moon, the men wouldn't have awoke. Do I think they? We're destined to? Yeah. Um, if the sun and moon never rose, the men would never rise. Okay, let me get my bearings, though. So the so the elves were er, rose before the sun and moon with the stars. Yes, yep. And then once, this, once the sun and moon rose, I don't know. Um, probably, I don't, I don't think it has to do... Or maybe um, Eru Luvatar had it or planned it with that. So if the sun and moon never arose then the men wouldn't have rose, but Eruluvatar was going to make the sun and moon arise. So maybe it was just like a coincidence. Right. I don't know. What do you think? So here, let me do the second part first. Okay. If, if the um, hypothesis or theory that men were destined to awake with the sun and moon were true, does that mean that Eru Iluvatar planned for the two trees to be destroyed in some way, or at least knew that Morgoth would destroy them so that he could create the sun and moon? Mm. Did he know that like they were going to be destroyed? I mean, dang, I, this is I like a he, predestination type yeah, thing. So I guess, I mean, it's Eru is basically considered God, mm -hmm. right, of Middle Earth, and so he would be omnipotent. Ah, um, um, uh, yeah, yes, ah, uh, uh, yeah, he would be omnipotent and. Um, what's the 
What's the all-knowing one? Smart? I don't know. <laughs> Omni-knowledge. Uh, no, it's I can't remember what it is. Is it omnipotent, or is that just a different way to say omnipotent? It's just a different way, yeah. Okay. That's just how I've always grown up saying it. It might just be a weird way. You say that a lot when you're growing up? I did, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was always one to use big words. <laughs> um, I'll just Google all-knowing synonym. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like omni... Omnicescent? Omnicescent? Omniescent? Omniescent. Yeah. Omnicescent, dude. Omniscent, dude. That's all sense at once. Omniescent is knowing everything, and then omnipresent is being everywhere at once or something like that. So anyways, um, yeah, so if Eru is all-knowing and that sort of thing, and he had these things planned ahead of time, then he would have known that the two trees would be destroyed, mm-hmm. which is kind of crazy. Yeah, that is. Okay, so um, in according to – okay, I've, this is just on Tolkien Gateway. It says, Eru Luvatar, or the one, is a single omniscient and omnipotent creator. But it doesn't cite it. I'm just going to quick skim through the – dang, I wonder if we could – I bet I can just get a PDF of the Silmarillion. <laughs> oh, he probably wouldn't write down omniscient. He probably wouldn't type out omni or write down. Tolkien didn't type. Typewriter, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. That is interesting to think about. Yeah. Well, really, with any event that happens in Middle Earth, because um, technically the Valar didn't act unless it was on Eru's behalf. So the reason they are kind of biding their time while Morgoth is wreaking havoc on Middle-earth. Yeah, because so if he's um, omniscient um, because they talk about he created the music and he was yeah. then the Valar sang to, or played music or sang to him Yeah, and then he sang back to them which was like the perfect thing but then he had to um, fight with or like fight singing with Melkor. Yeah. So he rap battle. Yeah, rap battle. Yeah. Epic rap battles of history. <laughs> Eru versus Melkor. <laughs> um, so then that would get into, did he know he was going to do that? Or did Melkor actually like, maybe change that, it up? Maybe then, that was part of Melkor's music. Is So it was planned that Melkor's music was going to be in conflict? Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So he already knew how to beat him. Yeah, of course. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's something you got to look into. It's that's crazy. That's something we, I mean, that's, it is a good thinking by whoever said that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, so Catholicism, 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 uh, Tolkien based, like, I think there's a quote that says, like, uh, Tolkien says that says, like, uh, the Lord of the Rings or something like that is fundamentally a Catholic work or something. Mm -hmm. Um, So here's the next question. Is Catholicism a stable theology for Christianity. <laughs> I was I like, just, wait, what? No. I'm just kidding. We're not kidding. <laughs> well, you could say... Uh, this, is, this is now a theology podcast. The, the Lord of the Rings, is, you could just say it's Christian instead of... Yeah, I think... Catholicism. But I guess it's specific... I don't know that how it would be specifically Catholicism over just general Christianity. I guess over you... Over mere Christianity. I guess you would um, maybe relate the Valar to the saints. Yeah, I guess... Yeah, because I know they they pray to the saints or something like that. I don't really know. I'm not a Catholic, so 
Um, I've okay. So what I understand is that you pray, you don't pray to the saints. You pray. You pray for the saints, and then in turn they will pray for you. Oh. So it's weird. I don't know. Or it's not weird. I don't know. It is weird. I don't know. It's kind of <laughs> quirked up. <laughs> it's quirky. Um, Maybe yeah. I don't know if I have to cut this because I had to cut that Mormon spiel we went on last episode. Did we do a Mormon spiel last episode? We just episode? did a quick one about um, because we were talking about the king who like saw his reflection and he was like, "I'm gonna be king." And then I was like, "Oh, Doran, yeah, yeah, yeah." Did he say that? Did he say that, or people actually see that? Yeah. And I was like, "It's just like Mormons, but they can't have coffee either. It's kind of yeah. weird." But they, but their churches has stock and coke, and they can drink pop. There's this whole conspiracy, dude. There's no, the, the Mormon church has money in the pop business. Pop. They're like a mafia, dude. Yeah. Sorry, pop. pop or soda to anyone else. Mm-hmm. We're from the Midwest of the United States. Pop. Pop. It's not soda. Soda pop. It's not cola. Yeah. Um. Although if if pop comes in a glass bottle, I will call it soda sometimes. Really, I always just say pop. Yeah, it's oh. just quick and efficient. It is pop, pop soda. You're just showing off that you can say longer words when you say soda. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wow, yeah, wow. Okay, soda, cool. I can say I can say pop two times when you pop, say pop. soda once. Okay, I'll won't. say soda. You say pop, pop. But you okay. can't. All right, one. It's right after three. One, two, three. Pop, soda. Pop. That's See? pretty close. Yeah. I wonder if I can get three. Let's try. One, two, three. Pop, pop, Soda. pop. Oh, I, yeah. I think I messed up on the a, last one. A little one. weird. A, A. <laughs> but that just goes to show that Midwesterners are more efficient than yeah. Southerners and Westerners. I don't know what they say out Easterners? there. Easterners? <laughs> what do they say out in West? Out West? I think they say soda. Probably some bougie thing, like carbonated drink. What do what do British what people call pop? Do you, you look up Westerners. Fornias called pop. What do British people call soda? Californians and Northeasterns say soda. Hey, look at that. Midwesterners <laughs> and Pacific Northwesterners say pop. Okay, so um, soft drink. Oh, I guess soft drink kind of covers it all. Um, yes. Okay, so in the United Kingdom and Ireland, uh, the term fizzy drink is common. Oh, I wanna, I've heard that. Want to pour me a cup of fizzy drink? Fizzy that was drink? an awful accent. I'm would that so okay? Sorry. Would fizzy drink be any carbonated liquid at all, LaCroix. or just pop? Because you could have carbonated water. Yeah. Is that a fizzy drink? Um, pop and fizzy pop are used in northern England, <coughs> South Wales, and the Midlands. Um, so I guess they do use pop a little bit. While mineral is used in Ireland. Oh wow, mineral, like mineral. I've heard of mineral water. No, just mineral. Just mineral? Yeah. Uh, in Scotland, fizzy juice, or even simply juice, is colloquially, colloquially, I can't say that right now. Colloquially? It might be because I just had a beer. Colloquially, yeah, okay, whatever, encountered, as is ginger. So they use juice and ginger. Like ginger ale. Yeah, okay, what do Canadians sense. call soda? Pop. Okay, I mean, that's pretty close to the Midwest, northern Pope. Michigan. What? Do Chicagoans call soda pop? Yeah. Okay, I have. What is soda called in New Zealand? Lemon. Uh, okay, yeah. So next episode um, will be our last episode 
forever. No. Um, will be our last episode before the holiday seasons. Um, I mean, it will be technically after Thanksgiving in the U.S., but that's just a Yeah, happy US. Thanksgiving. US. Yeah, this is our episode before Thanksgiving, so happy Thanksgiving. If you're and to uh, happy Thursday to all you non-Americans. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so... Uh, yeah, so this is kind of our last episode, or next episode will be the last episode before um, Christmas. Christmas break. Um, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, New Year's. Yeah. I don't actually know when Kwanzaa is. I've always thought it was in the in December. Um, let me look it up. Kwanzaa. Uh, uh, December 26th to January 1st. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll be out for Kwanzaa. Yeah, so um, yeah, so all those you know those good uh, those good December holidays. Oh my gosh! Okay. Just let's cut let's cut the sheet, man. We're gonna be back January sixteenth. Uh, yeah, we're gonna be That's back January sixteenth. Um, release, which yeah. So Martin uh, Luther King Day. Yeah, so we'll King probably. Day. I know last year we did a. Uh, Actually, last year we did a Thanksgiving special with a bunch of food and stuff. Um, this year we opted out of that just because we didn't think about it. And we are lazy. And we are lazy. We don't want to do that no more. We only have so many tricks up our sleeves. Yeah. <laughs> we can only do one food episode. Um, and then also last year we did a Christmas episode about holidays and whatnot in Lord of the Rings. Well, you Check talk out. about it once. You talk about it. And that's it. We could go over it again if you guys want. But we can try and figure out something for um, kind of a more Christmassy theme or holiday theme. Um, maybe it could just be like a uh, a little. Can you read books? Like, can, <laughs> <laughs> can you like do? Can we read? an entire book on the podcast well, that's and what, like release it? That's, could we do the Father Christmas That's thing? what I was literally thinking because I was thinking mm-hmm. it'd be nice if we could like read like a good chunk of a book or something like that and maybe focus on like like Hobbit families or kind of like Hobbit life or like some sort of like family type thing because that's kind of what the holidays are all about is celebrating mm-hmm. with family or yeah Father Christmas the letters. That'd be hard though because um, there's pictures but we could we already talked about it a little bit we could just do a sit down have some hot cocoa. Yeah. Have fire, yeah. Contained fire, okay, yeah. Don't we'll have a forest fire. <laughs> yeah, don't just light anything on fire. <laughs> and we'll read to you, Father, letters of Father Christmas, yeah, if w- you would like. We'll we'll read to your father. Yeah, let us know on um, Christmas. <laughs> yeah, let us know if that's something uh, you'd like to hear. Um, you, if you'd like to hear the uh, dulcet tones of Jay and I read to you for about forty-five minutes to an hour um, for yeah. Christmas. Um, yeah, because that's that's the idea that was popping into my head too. Was like same as yeah. me. Maybe we have the same head. Whoa, right. whoa. Uh, <laughs> so maybe it's maybe it's destined, destined to ha- for that to happen. So yes. yeah, so that'll be our last episode before January sixteenth, and January sixteenth will be the release date of a new episode, mm-hmm. not when and we're a recording. new era and a new era. I don't know what we're coming up with. Um, maybe we'll start a new theme or something, or we'll continue with the same one. I don't know. Or you might be surprised. It might be the Exploring Webkins world. <laughs> exploring Webkins world. Yeah, we're putting up a website. We're putting up a new <laughs> Instagram page. We're rebranding. Yeah, we're rebranding. There's more money in Webkins. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we decided that We now. do this for the money. Yeah. Uh, yeah, despite 
what you guys might believe. We don't do this because we enjoy it. We do it for the money. Despite the numbers that we get. So far, we haven't had multi-million dollar corporations fund us. So we're retiring Lord of the Rings and we're moving on to Webkin's. Uh, we've already got um, people who are interested in funding yeah, us. Lots of investors. So, lots of investors. For Webkin's world. Um, uh, we're already, we've already got, at least I still have my Webkin's collection from when I was a kid. Oh, I don't have it, but that um, it would be like New Beginnings, yeah, which would be like, nice. They're like locked away in like a storage unit. Are they alive? Mine. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. They've yeah. always been alive. Okay. Um, yeah, so uh yeah, so we'll see you guys on the next episode, which should be December 5th is when it comes out. Um and then and then after that, take a month off. You know what? Okay, so I, earlier in the episode I said something about I'm going to put a Spotify thing for people to answer. I might change that. I'm going to put what are you thankful for? Yeah. Serious replies only. Serious replies only. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm thankful for poop. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good thing to be thankful for. It is. Without it, we wouldn't be able to eliminate waste. Yeah. Well, well I guess that is the waste. Without it, we wouldn't be able. To, we wouldn't have any waste. That solved the problem altogether. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thankful for not pooping. Huh? Huh? <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. Thanks for listening, guys. See you later. <laughs>